Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. Welcome to the Women in Tech Weekly Remix episode. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create The Women in Tech Show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. To connect and collaborate with extraordinary women in tech around the world, remember to go to the Women in Tech Facebook group at womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group. I've never found a community that cares more about one another's success. It inspired me to create the same thing for podcasters. If you're a tech company or startup looking to grow your podcast audience, I created GetPodcastListeners.com, a private group specifically to discover how other podcasters have grown their audiences so we could do the same. Check out GetPodcastListeners.com. That's GetPodcastListeners.com. Hi, this is Jessica Chang. I'm the CEO and co-founder of WeCare. We are a early childcare marketplace. I'm based in Los Angeles, California. I think I can probably give an example. I can give many examples, but I think one that's probably more relevant to everyone right now is COVID. And I'm sure a lot of companies were going through a pretty hard phase, like in middle March where everything shut down. And to be honest, we were really scared too, because, you know, When it comes to viruses, kids are the worst spreader of viruses. Let's all be honest. Like every time there's flu season, I'll probably get the flu. Every time there's a cold season, I will get the cold because my kids will bring whatever is at their daycare home. You know, that's a scary fact that that's just just like most parents understand, right? So when COVID hit, that was the assumption too. We were all really scared of like, hey, what's going to happen with children? Because we didn't know enough back then. And children spread diseases really easily. We've got to shut down everything. And that was a big hit. Like we were really progressing well. We were expanding. We were nationwide. (laughs) And suddenly everything shut down. And it was scary. As a founder, you have to go back to your employees and be like, oh, so our company is going to take a significant dip, but we're going to get through this. And I think that was a really difficult thing for us because basically you know, maybe that's a good thing of being a startup. You're always thinking about like, okay, like if this isn't working, how do we make it work? So that was kind of the part that we were trying to do is like, we really pushed through because, you know, I think having the experience of another crisis, like the financial crisis and being able to overcome that helped to kind of prepare. It's like, okay, yeah, this sucks, but let's not dwell on it. What can we be proactive about? And to be honest, we were we actually came up with two new business line items during the pandemic when there was a lot of uncertainty. Both business line items are growing really well. And now post, well, not post COVID, still during COVID, you know, starting in July and going forward, 
we've been growing double digits month after month. And it took that time. I mean, first of all, <laughs> yay! <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah. It's just kind of taking a different mindset. Like we were, I think for most of it, I mean, we were definitely really scared. So let's all be honest, everyone's scared and it's okay to admit that we were all scared. It's that mentality of like, well, either we can let it affect us or we can take it and run with it and be like, okay, now given the situation is what it is, well, what do people need right now? And talk to me about your team. How large is your team? So our team isn't really that large. You know, we've got about like probably about 20 people in LA. Okay, that's large. (laughs) (laughs) Not large for a growing startup company. (laughs) But we also have team members that are outside. And I think that's one of the cool things about what remote work has taught us because we were big on like everyone needs to be here because we have meetings and it's good to understand what people are doing. And then we realized we're like, oh, well, people can be productive working from home. And if that's the case, maybe we can have other people like move out of California and still be working for the company. And maybe we can actually hire really good engineers that didn't have to be in LA and could also work remotely. We have other people that are outside of Los Angeles, but it kind of gave us a new concept of like, yeah, this remote working environment might actually work. And maybe some people actually prefer that than actually being in an office. Hey, this is Alishba Imran. I'm a machine learning and blockchain developer currently working at Handsome Robotics, which is a company doing research in AI and robotics to build humanoids. And I'm based out of Toronto, Canada. Yeah, I think like for me, it was it was just realizing that I think a lot of people like tend to at least like most people that I've talked to, I think your mindset is very much like 80% of the time you're thinking about the future versus like actually living in the present. And I think that's that's also something that I do where it's just like I'm, I'm thinking about the future and like what I want to do next versus like what is going on in this moment. And so that for me was was a huge thing, just like spending less time thinking about the future, but still being open to to planning the future. So I think like for me, it's more of like ambiguity. If you are thinking about the future, there's going to be a lot of ambiguity. And I think you have to be okay with that. And it's okay to like want things and have goals and actually reach for those goals. But I think if you always have that mindset of thinking about the future, I think you're less likely to live in the current state that you're in and actually be happy with it. I think for me, that was the first thing was like, to stop thinking so much about things that haven't happened. Because the reality is, is like, this is the moment that exists, right? Like, this is the only moment that actually exists right now, like me talking to you, it's like, the future hasn't even happened. It's just like, something that might happen, something that we have no idea about. And so for me, that was like a a huge shift in just like my thinking. And then I think the other thing that probably a lot of people can relate to is just like comparing yourself to other people a lot. I think often we do that. It's just like that person has, you know, this X metric of success. Like I want that as well. And I used to do that a lot where like, it was like a comparison of like me and and the other person. But I think it's less of me comparing myself to other people and more of just like me comparing myself to who I was like two years ago. Right. And if you just reflect on that, it's like, yes, I've grown a lot. And like, if that's the way that you live, you want to grow and you want to learn a lot, then I think you're always happy, right? Like you're always growing, you're always learning as long as you're, you're constantly trying to achieve that. And how did you gain this confidence? Is it through your family or did you find this confidence on your own? 
it's like confidence is not something that you develop overnight, right? I think it's like similar to the way people speak about passions where it's like, I want to find my passion, but it's not like your passion is right there and and you're just going to wake up one morning and feel like that's my passion. It's something you have to develop, right? It's like, it's like a friend where you have to like develop a relationship over time. And so for me, like confidence was something I, I spent a lot of time on is like, like one thing that helped me a lot was public speaking. And this is something I recommend to a lot of people is like, put yourself out there and just like do public speaking. Cause I think you're just like making yourself open for failure. And because of that, like you just gain more confidence in yourself because you're open to hearing other people's perspectives and you know what that's like. And so for me, that was a huge thing where before, like I remember I, I was like, kind of scared of public speaking. It was something that I wouldn't actively be like, I want to go speak here. Though recently I've been like speaking at a lot of conferences and like just speaking on a lot of stages where like it's very open to people's opinions and feedback, but also just being there and speaking about your work just makes you feel a lot more confident in yourself. And so I think like building that relationship with yourself is really important at first. But one way I think you can do that is through public speaking and being more open to putting yourself out there. Hey, my name is Sirith. I work at Workplace from Facebook. I'm an enterprise growth lead. We are an internal communications tool. I'm based in Newport Beach, California. I would say like impress, impress, impress for the first three months. I learned this later in like a different role, but in the beginning, like your first three months at a job actually forms people's opinion of you for a very long time after that. So I would say that like your first three months, like get there half an hour early, get breakfast with people, coffee with people. And I think part of the onboarding, which I guess we don't have right now, but part of the onboarding process, I think is really special is like a lot of the big tech companies give you time to onboard because they want you to network and they understand that that's the real power of your role. So like getting coffee with people, joining different groups, you know, like different, like meditation groups in the morning or like different interest groups, like, oh, we're all going to watch this specific movie because we're really interested in like old art and history and cinema, like finding these really specific, like interest niche groups will get you to connect with people that aren't exactly on your team. And that is how you move around in a company. After three months, you don't want to bring yourself out. Like you could ease back a little bit and you will still have that impression because you were like that for Mm. your first three months. Seriously, you just gave me the Am I still pronouncing your name right? Yeah, you're so you're paranoid perfect. about it. Here you go. Um, <laughs> you gave me the best idea. Not that it would apply to me now, but if I would have loved if someone told me way earlier in my career, write out how you'd like to show up in the workplace, like almost like journal form, diary form, a dreamscape. Mm-hmm. And then what tweaks can you make in your life to show up that way into what you said for the first three months? When I've worked the different jobs that I've worked, the times that I haven't been a founder, company culture is tough. Employees Mm -hmm. and coworkers, there's a huge difference between the art of relationships with coworkers in like a corporate environment versus being the founder of a company and being that kind of team. And I didn't have any playbook and just calling myself out, I definitely did not do a great job. Like, and I had the best intent, but yeah, I didn't do the things that you're saying. And I can, I'm like, whoa, wait, if I understood that I would have even, it's about building camaraderie more than exerting your skill set. Would you say that's accurate? 
Yeah, I think so. I think that the misconception is that like your work will speak for itself. And I think you speak for yourself and the work backs you up. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.